Welcome back to the Beers and Tears podcast, week seven of the college football season, and I want to die. I've got about from that from the hours of eight a.m. to about nine p.m. on Saturday. My diet consisted of water, a few waters, about X number of beers, and three corny dogs. That was it. The only food I had in my system was three corny dogs. And two of those are consumed. It is amazing how those corn dogs will last you a while. I I mean, they're just pure calories. And like in a situation like that for breakfast, it's kind of perfect. Yeah, it's like quite the uh, hit to the body that day. You kind of wake up on Sunday and you're like, okay, I need water and a kale salad or something. Yeah, I see. I did the opposite and had breakfast tacos and then pad tie and it, it it spiraled out of control let's just say monday i had monday off and thank god i did but what? Have monday off columbus day bro come on bank holiday um wonderful day at the fair great seeing everyone i loved all the beers and cheer stickers that was really cool um saw a couple of good pictures uh i you know it's the greatest weekend of the year regardless if you lose a game yeah. like that and it, it it rung true um the ticket lines weren't terrible like the corn dog lines weren't that bad. Like it just it felt felt every everything kind of fell back into its place, you know, from last year yeah. not being there, not going, and all that. I don't know. It felt it felt good, it felt right, regardless yeah, no, of the game. It was obviously great to be back there in that setting. Um, unbelievable football environment. And for the most part, I didn't see many fights. I was kind of expecting it coming back. You know how crazy everyone is this year, but we uh, we had almost had a decent little brouhaha right behind us and the guy shut up real quick um even though this was like right when they were starting to win um but he he left pretty quick yeah overall it was not it wasn't i would say it was pretty cordial but it was a great atmosphere awesome day got a little toasty but in general i've been in worse situations at ou in terms of uh weather definitely uh all right before we get into the game beer of the week john yeah, I'm going to go back to my tradition of going to the opposing team's hometown brewery. We're going to go with Iron Monk Brewing Company. Ooh, I like it that is, name. Uh, what's that? I like that name. Yeah, Iron Monk. It seems very old. Um, the beer I'm going with is the Velvet Antler. Okay. Because it's almost deer season, so that sounded kind of nice. I think Velvet Antler is like what Mafford used to use as like fake steroids. <laughs> I'm serious. Like Sex Panther? Yeah, it's pretty much like something similar to that. So it's an American Amber Ale, 4% ABV. Um, you can buy it in uh, Stillwater only. There's no other place. Okay, to great. Go, never going to uh, try that one. If you ever do get your ass up to Stillwater, why don't you try out Iron Monk? 14, $14.70 for a pitcher in their tap room. All right. Awesome. Beer of the week. Glad we've oh. kept that going every week. Okay. You ready? Let's go ahead and hurt ourselves again. Probably going, going first. I, I'll go first. I think I honestly think that was probably the craziest game Texas has ever played in, in terms of momentum shifts and back and forth and whatnot. I mean, there wasn't one singular play I think that really defined the whole game, and that's what I think made it so crazy is that it was just a series of everything back and forth. Not even back and you know one way that the other then towards the end kind of back and forth but that first quarter then the third quarter 
Then the fourth quarter back and forth. I, I mean, I can't think – the Oklahoma, only thing that came to mind was the Oklahoma State game in 2017 just because the refs were just like – that was crazy. That was, that was ridiculous. But in terms of just everything on the field, I don't think I've ever seen anything that, that nuts, that drunk. I think crazy, yeah. I don't know if craziest game because that's kind of vague, but I would say it's just straight havoc. You know, it was just so many f- kind of fluky deals, um, so many changes throughout the game, like huge pivot points with the change of quarterback, um, you know, the fumble. I mean, there's so many things we'll get to here in a second. But, yeah, it was just a, a roller coaster of a game that, frankly, Webb and I talked about. Shout out Webb five minutes into it. Um, Not even. I, 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 it sucked. It really sucked losing that game. But one, that was an unbelievable football game that we saw in an unbelievable atmosphere. Yeah. We were like, we were legit competitive. I came out and punched them in the mouth. Yeah. I mean, absolutely punched them in the mouth. Uh, for the first time since the Greg Robinson year, where we somehow like just beat them 36 to 20. So, I, I just, I, I was very pleased with the punch in the face. And then obviously, the way it played out for the final half was just very, very frustrating, but we'll get to that in a bit. The You know what the sign was? And the gambler in me recognized it, and I should have paid more attention to it. The fox on the field. That fox running on the field, that's one of those things where you're just like, oh, my God, that's it's just like a cool breeze out of nowhere. It, it, it Things are going to change. And it didn't happen immediately, but it did. So that Fox happened right when that third down play was yep. overturned, or I guess not overturned, right? Right, correct. And and frankly, that Fox, shout out Lucy Brown, almost to be Atkins, was I was about to say, was, uh, was she not change her name? One of the weirdest sports moments. I I think we can all say we've spent way too much time in sports venues in our lives. That was one of the weirder sports moments I have ever seen. Definitely I, in person, yeah. I had I had literally already lost my voice somehow because we were up 14 <laughs> 0. And I was like literally yelling Fox at my dad. <laughs> and he was like, What? I was like, Fox, Fox. <laughs> and uh, but uh, there's no way someone didn't bring that thing in there. There's no way. Oh, dude, I that, that fox definitely lives there all year round. There's no way that thing got all the way down the tunnel and all in the field. Yes, at that it did. There's, I, I guarantee you, there's so many little cracks and crevices in that old ass stadium that he can oh, just that stadium is so bad. skirt around in, and it was it was incredible. Um, Very true though, on, from your from your moment of from a betting standpoint, that was just like spooky. It's like oh god, the yes, <laughs> yes, it really was. Um, also, shout out Marty Mush if anyone knows who that is. I saw him on Friday, and he is the biggest mush of a gambler of all time. And he said he was taking Texas, so. Right then, I was like, "Oh, we're screwed." But uh, okay, Lee let's Corso go. Texas too, huh? Lee Corso and Mark Cuban took Texas. And it was yep, like, yeah, yeah. I always forgot that. I I forget that they do that for Texas OU as they do the the last hour on the field. That's really cool. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, but anyways, uh, getting into some actual football talk. I I don't think I've ever had more fun in that first quarter. I really don't think I have. Even though it wasn't like an absolute just shellacking in the first I mean it kind of was I guess but like they still scored technically um or they they scored at the very beginning of the second quarter so it was technically up three touchdowns in the in the first but regardless I mean 
the first play, then the block punt, and three. It was a three and out, then the block punt, and then you score two plays later, and then they get their shit together and go ten plays, seventy five yards, like right down the field. And you're just like, okay, this is a game, this is a game, sure, whatever. Get the ball, three and out, and you're like, oh my god. And then they throw the pick, and then you scored three plays. Like it was just like where am i like what am i watching here and that's when i was like okay i finally get to see it i finally get to see texas absolutely boat race ou like it was in it was ingrained in my head that first quarter also took like 45 minutes i'm sorry not 45 like an hour and a half yeah no i mean it was very choppy um very quick scores a lot of tv timeouts um i don't know if i quite frankly want to dive into like every drive by drive but i just have three plays in my head that i want to talk about so whenever you mention them i will okay well I'll, I'll go position um by position uh casey thompson had an absolutely great game i know he was 20 of 34 and that's not like a great stat line but i don't think there was one, the five touchdowns is awesome i don't think there was one ball where i was like oh shouldn't have thrown it like He's glad he got away with that one, or he should have uh, no, wanted that one back. I agree. No, there was no risky throws. Uh, some of his deep balls actually connected. A right. Of times, which was nice. But he just had no time. He had literally no time in the second half to make the plays they uh, right. needed to make. Um, but they they made Casey very comfortable from the get-go with uh, kind of sweet passes and whatnot. And yep. it just frankly came down to he didn't have enough time to make those plays on first down that he did in the, sec- in the first half, yep. unfortunately, in the second half. Um, and he, but no big mistakes. Um, nope, none. I, I, I think there's nothing better to compare from what he did versus Spencer Rattler. Forget right. Caleb Williams, awesome that he came in the game and did what he did, whatever. We'll get to his kind of fluky passes in a bit. But look at what Spencer did and look what Casey did. There's no mistakes. So, yeah, one of those quarterbacks looked a lot more calm than the other. Um, getting to the, no time that the o-line had just such a jekyll and hyde day that first half like they were running outside zone like perfectly and casey had time and all of that and then out of nowhere benito and all those edge guys for ou were just eating carrick alive and eating christian jones alive and it's just so fucking frustrating to watch how sloppy yeah. you get you get a couple of holding calls you get a uh an offsides and like stuff like that and i mean now carrick's bench it looks like cursor is going to go back to right guard and tope amad or hayden connor is going to get um slide into into guard or sorry cursor is going to go back to right tackle um tope or hayden connor is going to go to right guard with angle out going to left guard so it, i don't know like individually like i thought they all played well the first half and all played like dog shit the second half. I, I don't know what else to say. I mean, I, I credit Grinch for his his changes in the second yeah. half a little bit there. I mean, I, I think our offensive line is weak. We all know that. We've said it every every week except for the Rice game. Um, but I do credit Oklahoma more than shitting on our offensive line. Ultimately, yeah. that led to us starting every drive in the second half at like first and 12, first and 15, first and – I'm sorry, second, second. and 12, second yeah. and 15, or second and eight rather than – second and two um and frankly just it became too much for us to overcome and, and the momentum shifted so uh this is one of, the, that's one of my points i was going to make was just overall the defensive transition by oklahoma in the second half and and absolutely putting the pressure on us even though we had all the momentum and like could have been just stomping on their throat and burying them in the ground they they found a way to create pressure and and 
unfortunately we weren't able to make those changes in game, which is concerning, but mm -hmm. um, I think it all stems back, unfortunately, that offensive line, not able to make those blocks. And I, frankly, I wanted to ask a potential uh, guest speaker in the next few weeks not mm. him, when we saw him after the game, but uh, it was not the time and place to ask him that question. We'll save it. We'll save it. It's a little hint for a little treat we might be having in a few weeks um going to xavier worthy uh, absolutely unbelievable day you gotta think he's probably definitely a freshman all-american i you know i don't think a blitnikoff is out of the picture wait blitnikoff yeah right is that the wide receiver award i don't know um yeah I don't think that's that crazy if he got invited to that. I mean, you're putting up over 260 yards to your rival first play touchdown type stuff. That's that's pretty incredible. Whittington being hurt, likely done for the rest of the year. That is absolutely awful. Uh, I, we need someone, Marcus Washington, Josh Moore, have really got to step up. And those guys haven't looked bad. I think even like pass blocking, those guys are really, really good um, and probably underrated deserve some more credit um, for extending B some of Bijan's runs. But Xavier Worthy, just freak, freak speed. I mean, when was the last time you went into – or not went into, but I guess after like a Red River shootout game where you're like, our stud, our one stud receiver is better than their one stud receiver? Yeah. I couldn't I, – I like – I didn't think you were going to ask that, but I thought you were about to ask when was the last time like OU game became a coming out party for one of our receivers? No. Marcus Johnson yeah well no i mean but like i because even in like in the you know the shipley quan like when they were just absolutely like that 2008 when they basically used shipley as a tight end you know catching the ball like they i'm pretty sure ryan Broyles was on that team and maybe malcolm kelly too like it, had that one guy who yeah. was a first round draft pick except i mean mims wasn't bad this year i mean no he wasn't but i mean worthy was better yeah, no, I agree. I'm worthy has got so much of it, like such a high ceiling. I look forward to seeing, I mean, just seeing someone like break the first tackle. Um, like, I feel like we used to fall so easily on those first plays, you know, and be like, all right, first, second and six, let's go. Yeah. But that was, that was pretty awesome start. Um, I hate, I hate what happened uh, with the kickoff. That was, we played such a clean game in terms of mental, like not having those mental mistakes except for the offensive line in the third quarter, but that, that was so – I mean, Roshan's whatever. He wanted to make a play because he wasn't getting touches all game, so I get why he came out. Uh, shout out Webb for that. Wait, uh, what are you talking about? Talking about the kickoff returns. Oh, oh, why he brought it out. Why Roshan brought it out in the first place. I think it was simply he wanted to make a play because he wasn't getting the ball much. Yeah. And then, uh, Xavier coming out was the biggest mistake. There should be a rule as you when you go in that game. When you are receiving the ball on their end, you do not catch the ball. Like, literally – just literally let it go out of the end zone. Yeah, um, I don't hate that. What's what what's really frustrating is in the touchdown at the end of their third third quarter when they had that big um long run. The one towards the, our end zone? No, the one away from our one towards them. Okay. That touchdown, when they kicked off back to us, the special team return unit goes out. And Sark runs on the field and like in our end zone, you can see him and hear him. Shark, shark. And he looks at Deshaun and he, you know, does like the hand, like he's got the football, like holding up tight. And he's like, tight, hold it tight. And 
the fact that he did that and then the next kickoff return no way yeah i was just like are you kidding me like he says that to deshaun and then you throw worthy out there and he fumbles it and it's it's i said there wasn't one play that changed the game but if you have to choose one it's that one see i, I simply disagree i think this is gonna be kind of weird um you're probably gonna disagree but Caleb Williams coming in on that fourth and one and running into the end zone gave him that hope. You know what I mean? It was yeah. Uh He came in and granted bad play by Demarvion by jumping through. Um, yeah. Too early. But that gave him that crowd and that team like okay, it's twenty eight fourteen again. We then we kept it you know pretty safe. Fourth distance. and one yeah. too. Yeah, but that, that made it twenty eight fourteen. Uh, we ended up getting it to, I believe, 35-17 at one point. Yep. So we responded to that moment. After the fumble. Their fumble. Yes, you're right, because they went back to what's-his-face, Rattler. One Rattler, more yes. We fumbled on the scramble. We got it. We scored. Right. They came back. Okay, I remember that now. So that just gave them, like, that subtle, like, light, you know, and it's like, okay, there is something going with Williams here. Let's let's do this. And I think that ultimately changed the game. Um, but we'll get to the defense and the two. Yeah, I think last thing. Well, okay, we're not even talking about Bijan. He's a freak. He should be invited to the Heisman. No there, no comment necessary. Move period. on. Period. Uh, the last thing I'll say about the offense is the play calling in the first half was was perfect. There was not one that was out of touch. There were so many creative play designs. Everything. Maybe like it's so easy to say we'll just come up with more plays. That's just not how this works. Maybe it doesn't hurt. To kind of, if we, you know, you're looking at the play sheet saying, all right, let's go to the gadget. Let's go to the funky play that they're not going to expect at all. Just maybe like an outside zone or like an inside zone or a a five-yard hitch, like a little Greg Davis. Just save those for the second half. Because I felt like in the second half, the offense really was trying to lean on these plays that they weren't expecting, and we didn't have anything left in that tank. I, I don't know. No, no Whittington doesn't help that, but still, that would be my only gripe about the offensive play calling. I, I guess I wasn't real. I didn't realize how big the time of possession Delta was. Yeah. Now looking at it, that may explain a lot of their, you know, their defense lasting so long into the game and play, making the plays that ultimately made the difference. I, I really didn't realize our defense was on the field this long. Oh, yeah. I think we were completely gassed. I mean, like, easily. So, I guess you want to make the transition? Yeah, yeah. head over there. So, obviously, the first possession, three and out, was unreal. Um, yep. Second possession, I still haven't seen the replay. I haven't had the heart to watch. Oh, I haven't either. I haven't had to watch the hard to watch also been distracted by a pretty good baseball team down here that you don't like but who cares um i I, you hate you hate to let the refs i don't it was was it the right call i don't even know i don't think so but okay you hate like because that was going to make two straight three and outs all the momentum in the world um kind of deflated us they took it down the rest of the field um you know i was pumped by uh, how well they played against Rattler. But I now think that was more of Rattler screwing around and making that. I mean, there was some throws by Rattler. I was like, who are you throwing yeah, to? It, that, the, the interception, I, I couldn't believe it. I wasn't even looking like at BJ. Like, I didn't realize he picked it off, essentially, yeah. until they showed that everyone was going nuts replay. I was like, wait, he threw that to him. Like, yeah, that, well, was, that was right at him. 
that wasn't a bad that wasn't a bad route by by a receiver. That was him like making a bad assumption. I, I don't know, but that yeah. So you know, Demarvion would play his heart out. You know, he's kind of like Bijan on the defensive side. It's like you don't even need to make a comment about him anymore because uh, yeah. they assume that he does what he does. Um, he's the only guy who didn't seem gassed at the end. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. You can speak about Luke if you want, but I mean, everyone else is kind of like, meh. You know, I, I, what also I think was like the final straw on the defensive side of things was when we thought we forced that turnover on that long run towards yes. our end zone, which from my angle, it did look like it. Um, and from watching the shitty replays that they provide at that terrible stadium, it didn't look like you could technically overturn that. Uh, but what do you I'm mean? Sure better angles on TV and whatnot. Because his knee wasn't. What are you saying? I mean, you couldn't knee... see the ball. You couldn't see the ball when it when it did come or get loose or whatnot. Yeah, I, I don't know. I wasn't. I didn't hate that call as much. That was right. that was the other thing about the the weird part about the Cotton Bowl literally being split 50-50 and now instant replay being what it is is that on that play and the touchdown that he was in by an inch by both of those are called Texas's way on the field. And then they go and replay it and make the right call. Both of those were the right calls. Yeah. And then the momentum – and then, you know, they announce that OU side's go nuts. The team goes nuts. And they've got all the – and they're like, all right, blow the whistle, play. And, it you know, doesn't let things die down. Like, it's just such a momentum switch. and yeah. so deflating. Well, it's it, so it, But in a normal game, that doesn't happen. It's that stadium is so – you know, it's like the one stadium – that I go to where like a ball that like Caleb Williams throws where I literally can't see, I, I literally did. You just can't see what I got. I could just either someone's too close to the field or the angle yeah. from where you're sitting. You yeah. really if he caught the ball or not. So you were simply relying on the noise. You're like, Oh God, are you celebrating or are we celebrating? You know, and right. It's real of the atmosphere. But uh, I think the again, the final little, I guess, killing moment for this defense because you could tell they were just getting more and more worn out, which I didn't realize the time of the possession was so different. But I think that play where we um, thought we forced the fumble, but we did not was like, okay, that's it. The that was a, open. I, yeah, I don't, I don't really disagree with you, but just as the defense as a whole, like they get just shit on, shit on, shit on. Like, I mean, the offense is not helping them out at all by going, starting off the second half, going punt, field goal off of, yeah, sorry, punt, field goal, punt, punt, downs. And then, okay, at this point, we just, you know, you just didn't get the fourth down. You hand them the ball on their, back on their 24, and they go three and out. They don't – they take off barely two – not even two minutes off the clock, and you're like, okay, maybe they're not dead. Like, maybe they're not gassed. And then we, you know, we go down, you make the unbelievable – pass and you score you tie it up and you're like okay the defense just got a three now we'll be fine and then they go right down the field and score i knew i knew Ryan <laughs> scored that touchdown again a minute 23 is too long it's way too long but yeah it's just like you know all those like packers games over the past 10 years where rogers has like 30 seconds you're yeah. like well it, they're gonna win this like you know. yeah so <laughs> you know again like you said it's, it's so easy to shit on the defense i mean when we gave up so much uh, i guess give up as much as we did, it's it's very easy to target them. But take away the two deep balls that Caleb threw in the second half that were prayers of throws, of yeah. which we can all say the second one was an unbelievable play by Mims to yeah. keep, uh, let's call it the base of his shoe in, but the shoelace was out. Uh, 
you know, uh, I, they, I credit more athletic players in those, uh, but you take away those, call it 90 yards of offense, like it's a totally different game. We probably win. Um, yeah. I, that, gotta, I was going to lock those down. We've got to find a way. I was going to give the DBs a decent amount of credit in the pass coverage because, I mean, yeah, Caleb came in and like played good, quote unquote, but there was that was a backbreaking play, but it was such a just a 50 50 like prayer shot, not even 50 50, like such a prayer shot that you barely come down with. Like you take that out and like the DBs had a pretty decent game playing playing the pass. Um, there you take that out. I think the longest pass was like 29 yards, which in Texas OU, you're gonna take. I'm okay with that. That would that is the definition of bendel break, and unfortunately, the bending on the uh defending the run is what cost you the game and really got you gassed and winded and all of that. Now, Jacoby Jones getting hurt was terrible that that i think made more of a difference than anything else um he's out for the year right yeah uh, he got surgery on his foot so probably uh they haven't they haven't exactly said but other than that like i mean i i will say the one guy who didn't play great but had played better from what he had doing was keandre i was re-watching a few stuff on twitter today and he actually had three plays where he absolutely destroyed the in, interior D line or O lineman for OU and made it, made some good stops or good stuff or, you know, directed the running back the other direction. He played, he played well. Other than that, it was a rough, rough day across the board on the D line. Um, Jet Bush drew a holding penalty again, but when it's not passing downs, like he, he is just absolutely worthless. And it's it, the guy across from him has got 125 pounds on him probably. So what, what are you going to do? That's just on pure substitution, but yeah, but safety. Kratowski's got to figure out what to do with the with the guys he has because I, I think you got to be a little more aggressive in some blitz calls and some linebacker blitz. I mean, I can't, I can't, I don't think we had a linebacker blitz. Overshawn makes that sack on the first drive, and I don't really know if we really truly blitzed him that like like that the rest of the game. Um, Dude, there was a, a play, I don't know, I think it was Caleb Williams' first deep throw that was arguably offensive passing appearance. Yes. Josh Thompson had a free rush from our bench side of the play. Running back barely even swiped at him, and Josh could have easily freaking taken down. It was like the most lackadaisical effort. And I, I think now yeah. that I'm looking back on it and look at it all the time, it was truly fatigue. I mean, he, yeah, yeah I actually could have gotten Caleb Williams on the third along, and, and that didn't happen so mm. yeah I, I mean they were the heat was obviously getting to them and yeah. whatnot but time of possession whatever you want to call it but bj what are we, what are we, sorry go ahead well i'm just saying like bj had a bad day tackling jaron had an awful day tackling and that's that's kind of all she wrote yeah luke i mean he was our leading tackler but i don't I wouldn't call him a great game so so what are we ranked Total defense wise, like 129. Um, if you're talking about like pure yards, I think we're 103. Um, which is that's that's not good. Uh, we are 106, excuse me. Um, that's in yards per game, and in uh, rush yards, we're 
116. So, yeah, not not good. Um, Second worst defense in the Big 12. Yep, behind or in, sorry, excuse me, in front of Kansas, I believe. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Kwiatkowski's got a got a lot to figure out for the rest of the season, and we'll get to Oklahoma State. I think this might be an opportunity to kind of get the defense right. But um, anything else, you know, final final thoughts? I just um, yeah, highlights. I would say Dicker had himself a good game. Yeah, uh, very impressed with both he and the OU kicker. A lot yep. of, I mean, buckets in terms of field goals. I mean, just nails. Mm-hmm. Um, so credit to both of them. Uh, you know, in general, everyone's gonna say that all the special teams is overshadowed by the bringing the ball out by Xavier. Well, they, yeah, uh, but. Uh, you know, I just look back on it. It was an unbelievable football game. It sucks to lose like that. Um, but the last thing is, it's like, I know I said this to you at the fair, is that if we went down 14 to zero, I don't think we would have come back in that game. We've got to get this program to the way where like Oklahoma is like a never lose mentality. Um, yeah. I mean, man. I don't know. I You say that, but then you're also asking them to go up three scores in the first quarter, which they did. So I guess, yeah, you got to learn how to punch back better, but that's the sign of like a truly coached and great team. Um, I, I think I'm pretty happy with how Sark handled everything. So I'm more worried about the defense coordinator than the team as a whole um, moving forward. But, Okay, enough with that shit. Good God. Ugh. Let's move on to the fighting mullets of Stillwater. 6-0, number 12 in the country. Um, best win is a, over an unproven Baylor two weeks ago. That was Stillwater at night. Sanders threw three picks. Um, all three of them were pretty pretty poor decisions, not even throws, just decisions. Um, but this is a different-looking Oklahoma State team. This defense is very, very good. You want to talk about one of the better defenses in the nation. Um, now, granted, they haven't played that many great – sorry, they're 5-0. They're not 6-0. The only teams they've been playing – or the only teams they've played was Missouri State, State, which they won by 7, Tulsa, which they won by 5, Boise State – at Boise State, which they won by 1, Kansas State, that was – they won by 11, and Baylor, which they won by 10. So, a little unproven in terms of who they've played – However, this is a very good Oklahoma State defense. Um, they're number 19th in the nation in terms of yards per game and really know how to stuff the run. Uh, a name to look out for is uh, Malcolm Rodriguez, number 20. He's their middle linebacker. He's probably the best linebacker, maybe even player, defensive player in the Big 12. He's going to be absolutely inside of Bijan's grill a lot of this game. Uh, Colin Oliver, number 30, is our stud, outside linebacker, kind of edge guy um, who's going to need to be double teamed or else we're going to be having the exact same situation we had in the second down or in the second half this past weekend. Uh, the DBs aren't great against the past, but can support the run very, very well. Um, this is probably the best defense we're going to play all season. I, I mean, Arkansas was good, but I think they've gotten a little exposed. So I'm going to give a little bit of a nod here and uh, in terms of time bias, because we got them this week um, going to the offense Still helmed by Sanders uh, at quarterback. Wow, still there. 
he, dude, I think he's gotten worse. Like he, he just, he's never put it together in terms of decision-making. He's left it like all up to his, like basically running ability to bail him out. Um, but he's had some really good help the past few years with Chupa Hubbard and Tylen Wallace while they're gone. Uh, Jalen Warren, number seven is a running back. I'd say he's good. I wouldn't say he's great. Tay Martin, number one, is the best receiver. He's solid. He's a Tylen Wallace type, quick, not the biggest guy, but fast, faster than everybody. Um, and now he's got a shot. I think their O-line watching their game against Baylor is not good. Definitely their weak spot. Sanders had a bunch of pressure, which led to the interceptions. Um, I think even this, I think our defense can stop this running attack. And I trust our corners who I think had a very underrated game this past weekend to stop Tay Martin and double him or what, whatever you need to do. It's, it's tough for this team to get up for this game. I don't blame them at all if they came out slow, but thank God it's at home. And hopefully the 11 a.m. makes a uh, makes Oklahoma State a little tired. I think I think Sark is able to dial it up again and scheme against a team who's again a little unproven. That ranking's probably a little inflated. So yeah. I, I trust him to get back after it in terms of play calling. So you just kind of got to hope that the defense doesn't give up more than 25. And I'll say Horns 28-24. So. Yeah, I'm a little surprised by the line. I'm not gonna lie. Um, I think well, you think it was like, gonna be smaller. Uh, I thought it was gonna be like a pick them. Yeah, I, 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 the only game I watched Oklahoma State playing this year was a, I guess, sort of a Pac-12 after dark game um, when they played uh, Boise State up at Boise yep. State. And they kind of got away with that game. Yeah, they did. So. Yeah, I think their their ranking is very much inflated. Um, definitely, I mean, I would say they're a top twenty-five team, but they're not number twelve. It just seems like a very typical Oklahoma State thing. You know, they stay under the radar. They get to Big Twelve play, take down a few people here and there, uh, and they lose to either us or you know Iowa State, and then they always have OU in the year, so they end up with like two or three losses, being like number twenty-two in the nation at the end of the year. I, I just don't know enough. Um, it sounds like their defense is. Pretty salty is what you're saying. Very salty. So um, if Bijan is able to get to 150 yards, which is just weirdly enough very easy for him to do, mm. uh, I think we win this game simply on the fact that means we're keeping our defense on the bench longer. Yeah. Uh, if he struggles and can't get the yards and can't, we can't really keep our offense on the field, I think this thing gets sloppy. Um I don't know who the 11 a.m. I don't know if that who that who that helps. You're saying it helps us just simply on the fact that Oklahoma State might sleepwalk into it. Yep. Um. Yeah. So this is my first game at home this year, so I'll be interested to see what the environment's like. I don't think there's going to be much of an environment. Uh, Tech so was surprising. Good. Tech was surprising. I think we can hopefully replicate that. Um. I yeah. I I'm hoping that this fan base will rally a little bit, and they need it, but. The weather's also going to be great, so no one really has an excuse. So I'm actually going to take the Horns 31-27. I think they, they pull this one out. I think Bijan has a uh, himself a game. Um, and then we're going to have some – I think Josh Moore is going to have his game. You know, Xavier Ward is going to have a lot of the, the coverage. I think it's going to be Josh Moore's game. He's going to end up with 100-plus. And uh, the defense is able to make a few – or excuse me, force a few turnovers that are 
or critical in the game, and we went 31 to 27. Yeah, that was an underrated thing that we were talking about, um, you know, going to the OU game is like, can you score off of turnovers? And I believe, yeah, touchdown. And then um, did they, did we score after their fumble? Did we kick a field goal? No, touchdown. Yeah, two well, touchdowns. We, yeah, we took advantage. We, we flipped the script on the TCU game for sure. Right. So hopefully, you know, get Sanders to throw at least two, take advantage of them. I think we finally get a legit punt punt block, you know, not what that we saw in the first their first possession where he just gets put I'm talking a full punt block, um, Keelan Robinson again. So um yeah, love the horns. Um all right. Cool. I mean, there's I mean, we are very much in the like yeah big world championship game picture still. Oh right? yeah. And not to scare you, not to scare everyone, but I mean you win this game, you're five and two, you're probably in the rankings. There's also a ton of recruits coming to this game, including Arch Manning. So if you see Arch, go grab him a beer. Um, you win this game, you're five and two. You have an off week. Get your kind of S together and then regroup. And you've got a semi-easy. Regroup? What? You said regroup. Regroup, whatever. Thank then you, you're at Baylor, at Iowa State, which are not easy games, but I, again, unproven in Iowa State's unproven Baylor and Iowa state's not looking as good um, as they once were. So you can kind of get back on the road with two opportunities there. So talk about a pivotal kind of how's the season going to go type of game. Um, God, no pressure. Historically, just, I don't know why this game, but it always kills us, man. Like we always struggle over Oklahoma state. Yep. Um, all right, let's go it. Games of the week, Kentucky, not a great slate. Kentucky at Georgia, 230 CBS. Georgia is uh, uh, minus 22. Will Levis is the quarterback. Um, he transferred from Penn State. I wish Penn State's wishing they, he wouldn't have now with, uh, what's his name, getting hurt this past weekend and losing that game to Iowa, uh, Sean Clifford. Georgia has given up 36 points this season. They have played six games. John, do that math. Six. Six points a game. Pretty impressive. Uh, Ole Miss at Tennessee, 630 on the SEC network. Tennessee is plus three. Their offense has been rolling recently. Joey Freshwater returning to Knox Vegas. Uh, Corral needs to get back on his shit if he wants to win the Heisman. This is the highest SEC over ever. At 82 and a half. It's opened at 79 and it immediately went up three and a half points. So blind over, I think you kind of have to take it, but that'll be fun. You know, Lane's going to get some booze there after everything that went down when he was um, at Tennessee. Uh, only really decent Big 12 game. TCU at OU, 630 on ABC. Uh, OU is minus 13 and a half that opened at 11. And then Patterson came out and said that Duggan and Evans may not be playing, which seems like a little bit of gamesmanship, but on the flip side of that, OU, um, Riley has this press conference and they ask him immediately about Rattler. And he says he gave him the day off on Monday. Well, then the reports come out that Rattler has transferred, that he sped <laughs> off in his car, that he, spit on the field like every single thing and in so the OU, OU equivalent of the daily texan um from a 
top of a building with binoculars spotted that Caleb Williams was taking first team reps, which isn't that like crazy. Of course he is. And so who knows what's going to happen. Riley cancels all media for the rest of the week. Just pretty hilarious. And then meanwhile, you know, like TCU's always played them tight. So I, I like OU minus 13 and a half. I, even if Duggan and Evans are uh, playing. Uh, is, is it really? I mean, golly, is there no other big game, like a Pac-12 game or anything this weekend? No, not really, dude. It's, Jeez, it's pretty – I mean, and m plays Mizzou. Um, yeah. Could they have a huge letdown after that? That would be unreal. Auburn – Auburn at Arkansas is not a terrible game. Florida at LSU is not a great game. BYU at Baylor. BYU playing two Big 12 teams in one year is a little interesting. But, yeah, dude, that's it's a pretty bad slate. You got Arizona and Utah as the uh, Pac-12 after dark, but that's about it. Uh, more importantly, everybody's been asking, Midwestern State did beat fighting John Cotton's last week. Um, Dylan, that was a big win. It, it really was. I mean, Dylan uh, Culling, Sterling Cole got back on the train. I think he was like 20 of 30 um, with the touchdown. Didn't throw three picks. So, um, shout out to John Cotton. I think the special teams was in D-line. Had a great day, but uh, unfortunately fell short to the Stangs. But week off for the Stangs this week. So. Good thing they can uh, try to get healthier, go find some new time they, they got a big. They got a big game next week at, at Tarleton. So, ooh, yeah, Stephenville. Is that in Waco? Stephenville. Oh, that's right. We talked about that. So, are they are they winning the conference? Sure. Conference football. Midwestern state. <laughs> they're winning. They're they're leading the conference. Let's go. There we go. They're probably ranked in top fifteen. Back in the top fifteen, um, as well. Uh, all right. Let's Anything get else? No, just find a way to bounce back this week. We need it. Well, send us some pictures. You're going to have to be uh, boots on the ground. I will not be making it. Um, all right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Yes, here's your official tease if you've made it this far. We might be having one of our first actual legitimate interviews of a former um, Texas football player. And the hint is uh, – he was hmm. – there's a lot of pictures of him pulling the cannon. That's my hint. Stewart used to talk about him a lot. I did. I used to rag on him, and then I turned into <laughs> loving him. All right. Uh, I don't want to say you ragged on him. I just want to say you talked about him a lot. Well, I'll tell him that. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll talk to you all next week. Thanks, Rose. Sirens will in a flashing light Nothing better to do on a Tuesday night But give me hell Where are you headed? What are you out for? We don't see much of you around here anymore I guess it's just as well Once upon a time you had it all You let everybody down You're always 17 in your hometown Running from your 
Like she didn't back then Is she married? Is she doing fine? Does she know about all the nights I laid away crying Just to know her hand The door opens and I run away Just like the same old clown You're always 17 in your hometown Running from your folks, running from the law Running from love, running from your fear, running from it all You keep on running, boy, you run yourself in the Seventeen in your hometown Seventeen, yeah, you're always seventeen. You're always seventeen. 